Hey y'all, so we are back for part two of Reconnecting Financially with our special guest, Ariam Cassette. I hope you guys are enjoying this show. Like, it really blessed me, and I got some messages saying that it blessed you guys as well. So we're going to hop right into part two, but before we do, make sure you guys check the show notes so you can follow and connect with Ariam on social media. Also, we have the link there to purchase her um, book, which is on Amazon. So let's hop right in of episode 18, part two reconnecting financially with R.M. Cassette. Talk to you guys soon. Hey, I'm Kira Monique, mom, fiance, and entrepreneur, lover of fashion, decor, and all things beautiful, and I am your host of the Faith is Fashionable podcast, your number one source for lifestyle strategies for women who desire to be a virtuous woman. A woman who's on top of her game in every area of her life, spiritually, mentally, financially, physically, and fashionably. Tune in weekly as we learn what it really means to be a virtuous woman. You know, if all y'all broke and y'all all out here making, you know, bad money decisions, like... Who's mm, going to check each other? Right. Who's going to check who? Okay, so... In chapter four, you talk about understanding your income, and you have a quote by one of my faves, Robert Kiyosaki. It reads, financial freedom is a mental, emotional, and educational process. That is so good. That is so good. Let, let's talk about that. Um, I'm 32 right now, and I couldn't tell you the last time I worried about having money in my bank account. And that, to me, is freedom. Mm. not going to get the bag but having the bag and knowing where the bag is coming from to put yourself in position to say if I don't want to work for the next two weeks I'm good if I don't want to work for the next six weeks I'm good period if I don't want to work <laughs> for the next nine months I'm good right so and, and even in front of Kiara we I did a deal a couple of deals last year in 2020 and released a couple books and curriculums that now in 2021, I had the moment of saying, I don't want to do nothing for the next three months and be at peace with it. And that's exactly what I I call freedom, right? Um, it's not about how many clients you can go get every week or it's not setting goals to saying, I'm going to buy this many clients. No, there, I have the opportunity the last three months to be able to give my time to the things that I truly want to do and volunteer and help entrepreneurs invest in other businesses um, and shout out eyelash out you know I, I spent a lot of time with that small business and helping those young women grow their business so to me that's a sense of freedom that I thrive for every day not to be you know the bossy bitch out there whatever excuse my French mm-hmm. but in all reality I have my own sense of what a boss is and being able to be a leader and a young woman to see others thrive I think that's a true boss no like for real that's a true boss and yeah shout out to eyelash out i will link their instagram in the um, show notes so when i tell y'all first of all rm is actually the only guest i've ever had on my podcast because i'm i'm first of all y'all know this podcast is holy spirit led second if i can't vouch for your character like you're not getting on this podcast everything sis talk about like she's living it like she's not just out here trying to be that boss chick where i'm the only one getting a bag because she put me in a position to secure multiple bags <laughs> like even with eyelash out like she brought me on to do the interior design for that space and i have a great um relationship with the owner Lexi I'll link her um 
her business and Instagram and the show notes. Like that's that's what it's all about. So again, I, I'm telling y'all, what, I, I am just not out here talking. We just not out here out here talking. Like this is real life. Like living it. Not not Instagram, but like I want to talk about. Let me tell y'all, <laughs> I had a front row seat at the moves my good girlfriend made during the pandemic and I just was sitting back because I was pregnant and I was doing a big design job but I just was sitting back like I ain't gonna lie sis made me step my game up because sis was out here writing books dropping books buying buildings like doing deals and it's like it's all about the mindset so while some people were sitting around like panicking and like oh my god like what's gonna be my next move like I can't work like she was out here like you know making it happen and I was too. And I guess it's all about who you surround yourself with. But we're going to just pause a minute to just talk about some of these deals. Because, and it's not bragging, none of that. This is all like, guess what, girl? Like, you can do it too. So let's talk about some of the deals you did during the pandemic. And like, what, like, what pushed you to say, hey, although it's like a worldwide pandemic, we're in the house, like, we can't do much I'm going to make the most out of this and I'm going to make this situation work for me. Yep. Um, I would say a lot of these, these things already was in place before the pandemic. Um, relationships were built before the pandemic and these books were started before the pandemic. I think what the pandemic did was put a lot of things into perspective to really act on it right away. Right. Um, I didn't wait for investors or partners to help, seal these books or put them in position to be put out there. Um, I wasn't trying to be the best at anything. I just knew I needed to get it out of my system and put it out there, right? So I did that with the books. But to talk about the deals, I had a coworker in 2013 who told me her vision. Same thing with Lexi. She had a vision when she was 16 years old, and I was her school guidance counselor at the high school that I used to work in. Um, So I think a lot of times people think, Things happen overnight, but what it was is that people tell you their ideas and you, at being the visionary sometimes, put yourself in position when things or opportunities present themselves to you. You're not thinking about yourself. You're always thinking about how to help those other individuals get to that point, right? So yeah, I might be a landlord, but I think it's bigger than that for me. Um, so I had a coworker who had interest in opening up her own, first, her own clinic, a holistic clinic around mental health and things like that. Four or five years later, this building presents itself to me. This woman happened to know the building very well because she had been going there for primary care services. This doctor was selling it. We came up with a plan. I ended up buying the building. And hypothetically speaking, when we were looking at the building, the county had interest in doing some women housing. Um, Again, I didn't know how any of that was going to go. Went ahead and financed the building, did a 30-day turnaround and rehab of the building, Um, And we had all solidified the tenants, and it's been paying back. Um, But to say all of that is to really say, I think your relationships are just as important as your deals. Um, It's a fact when they say that your network equals your net worth. Um, So ideally, I have all these buildings, and I can talk about them, but I think the bigger picture is that I share these responsibilities with people who I rent to. Um, So it becomes more of a community type of infrastructure versus a landlord slash tenant relationship type of situation. Um, So again, I can talk about the other deals, but I think a lot of them is that during the pandemic, I had an understanding that, you know, the average person may not be able to continue paying 
So I have to be strategic and logical in saying, well, maybe government might be the source of some of these heavier projects, but allowing these small businesses to work under these infrastructures so that my small business owners aren't having to pay these hefty mortgages or rents, but they now have a split system where the county is paying the larger portion because they're doing a bigger impact, but then allowing these small businesses to also have an opportunity to use these spaces as well. I think for me is saying freedom is power. That's so good. And I feel like, again, it was just a mindset. And although you're in real estate, I feel like you can take that mindset and apply it to like different career fields because you do work with and like train entrepreneurs. So can you give us like an example of how you can take that mindset and apply it to maybe if you're in the restaurant business or if you're like in the beauty business, it's basically saying, hey, I'm not going to just put all my eggs in one basket and try to do a deal one type of way. Like how can you apply that in like different fields? Because we have all type of women who listen to this podcast. We have nurses, we have entrepreneurs, we have like mompreneurs, we have hairstylists like all different types of women like how can you give some practical tips for women to apply that type of mindset to like scaling their business to the next level or doing deals at a time where like no one else is doing deals does that make sense um I think the opportunities are always going to present themselves it's what lane you best play in is where I would say start with right so I don't know anything about restaurants but I know how to work with entrepreneurs right So using my mind for the things that make sense instead of trying to be something that I'm not, right? Oh, that's good. So I don't have an imposter syndrome because I don't have a desire to be something that I'm not. Um, So with that being said, if I don't know something, like for my entrepreneurs, when it's niche-focused and it's not something that I specialize in, because business is all the same. It's just there's different methods to how you form a business. But at the same time, Whatever I don't know, I'm most likely going to search for those who do know or can take the time to teach those entrepreneurs to do things better. But I'm not going to do it for them. So what I do is I train them to do it for themselves um, so that they can continue feeding their family, right? So we say it in sayings, you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. You teach a man how to fish, if he, you know, he, she feeds their family for a lifetime. Right. So if when we're talking about, um, so for example, we have a kitchen we built called Upstart Kitchen. And that project was built to support businesses, small businesses and food entrepreneurs mainly, because we saw that there was a huge struggle for catering companies who were cooking out of their home but did not have proper licensing, so they technically aren't supposed to sell. So when we saw that that was a factor or issue, we hurry up and built this infrastructure. But prior to that, the individual who had the visionary behind it had been trying to do it for the past seven years, right? So what made that situation very beautiful is because it was a bunch of us who got together who had different lanes that we best played in and created an infrastructure to not only help ourselves but also help thousands of families within our communities who are now can get themselves out of poverty and I think that's the type of systems and situations that I gravitate towards because I know myself to know what I will and will not do right Um, if I have to put myself in a situation where I'm creating any kind of an enablement, then that's out. Of, I'm out of my lane, right? I'm out of my focus, and it's it's now setting me back from my goals that I had. So anytime I position myself to help anybody, I have to first see where they're at, so that we can better then assist them to get to the next point of their life. Because one thing I realize is you sometimes want it more for the person than they want it for themselves, mm-hmm. and that is not true entrepreneurship. That's a entrepreneur 
And those individuals have a lane that they play in, and it may not be to be an entrepreneur. Mm. Well, entrepreneur, that's different. So basically what she's saying is don't try to do it alone. Like, it, you know, connect with the right people, you know, to push your vision forward. Like, you can't really build anything significant by yourself, okay? So this has been good y'all this this is so good i hope this is blessing y'all because it's definitely blessing me so uh, we're winding now but i want to talk about in chapter five when you talked about um start saving for long long-term investments because on here like this is a community for women who strive to be the best woman they can be the highest version of themselves in every area of their life a virtuous woman so you, you have to have some investment since you're not a virtuous woman, if you don't have investments, because don't make me pull out the Bible and talk to y'all about the Proverbs 31 woman like we all know. So can you give us like a couple practical tips to start saving for long, long-term investments? Yeah, and I like that you said virtuous women. So that's actually one of my favorite books in the Bible is Proverbs. Um, Proverbs actually goes into details about um, money and those who aren't good with their money and how that looks. A woman who's not good with her money is a woman of disasters, to be honest with you. And why I say that is because I'm 32 years old. I have no children, but I'm already prepared for my children and my children's children. And why I did that is because when my mother and I migrated to America, my mother had no idea what a life insurance policy was and any of those things, right? And so for me, while she was going through the educational process, it was almost like she was feeding me information, not knowing what that information was going to do. And so don't ever be, you know, that mother who does not feed information to her children and not think that they're not listening to it, right? My hands are raised. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. Because you don't know what that child is actually processing. And even more importantly, as parents, what you have to take into consideration is that you are there to mentor your child and guide them through life, Right. So with that being said, my mother was my guider and my protector on earth. She never took her position or her role very lightly, now looking back, right? Because sometimes you don't know what you have until you're comparing your mother to other parents as an adult. And what I had to come to realize was if you don't start your financial education at a very young age, you will be that adult making a lot of pitiful decisions, Pitiful decision in a sense that it will not only jeopardize you, but it jeopardizes the future of your children and their children as well. So at 32 with no kids, I was very intentional in making sure that whoever I brought into this world or shared this world with was not going to be burdened by the things that I thought was a burdensome, right? Come on. So I'm not saying I won't make my kids work, but I think I had to come to an understanding and saying, if I have $10,000 right now, I'm not going to go buy a bag. I'm going to buy me a $1.2 million life insurance policy that I can then pull from when I need it so that I can then become my own bank. Period. That was where my thought was from day one. Again, I had no idea how any of that was going to work. But now looking back, I took all the steps that was necessary, made a lot of losses, gained a lot, lost a lot of relationship you know, sacrificed a lot. But at the end of the day, um, I think taking every step to make better decisions, even as simple as, do I want to eat out today? Because I ate out yesterday and that was a $15 expense. Not that I don't have the $15, $20, $30, $40 to eat every day if I wanted to, but what is that really gaining me, right? 
So all of that also makes uh, you have to be making those types of sacrifices. I purposely try not to eat every day or eat out every day or any of that because it gets in the way of my financial goals. Um, so life insurance is one of them. And the reason wait, I... Wait, wait. Oh, okay, this is too good. <laughs> this is too good, y'all. Listen, are y'all, are y'all listening? Are y'all taking notes? Okay, Th- this is too good. Life insurance. Just, we, we have to pause here because it, it's so important and it's not talked about enough in the black community. And I'm also, I, I'm actually going to link some um, resources in the show notes about life insurance policies if you don't have one or if you want to know more about it. But let's touch on that real quick. So you said buying a $1.2 million life insurance policy so you can basically pull from it and like make it your own. Bank. Can you like touch on that and like for the people who might not know that like that's actually a thing touch on that real quick sis yeah so and and you got to make sure that when you ask your agent or whoever you decide to talk to that you are intentional as to why you're getting a life insurance policy i never understood why i needed a life insurance policy because i wanted to use my money when i wanted my money not when i die but the point of it is is that i put myself in position as saying all right i'm making transactions sometimes you know, I want to have access to money, but I may not be able to have access to money as quickly as I like to have it. So I learned about life insurance policy because I said, man, I wish I could be my own bank. So when I started real estate journey, I started buying properties cash and or financing them with quick debt. And what I mean by quick debt is things that I can hurry up and pay off. And so what I did was I learned about life insurance because I said, oh, I'm making some cash or I have this real estate that's bringing me money. I wonder what I should do with it. But I knew I didn't want to buy real estate right away. And agents said, well, why don't you get life insurance policy? And I said, well, why would I get policy that I only benefit me when I die? I said, I don't want, you know, I don't want just anything like that. So what they explained to me was, no, well, if you put a life insurance policy together that allows you to pull from when you're in need of it, but at the end of the day, it's your money. So if you want to put it back, you should because then it doesn't eat from the from your future expenses. Wait, wait. Are we talking term or whole life? We're talking about more so whole life insurance policy, ones that you can cash from. Okay. Right? So you got to ask these types of questions because a lot of insurance companies are just going to give you death benefit and you're only getting it when, you, you, you know, you die and your children re- receive it. So in this situation... I was able to put in $10,000 for 1.2 policy, 1.2 million, but within three years, I was able to pull from that, wow. right? 15000 so I was able to pull for a $5,000 cash to be able to go buy a car so that that car was making me $1,000, $500 of that money was being put back into my policy. The other five was going towards paying myself, right? So I'm saying all that to say, be intentional with every transaction and understand that money is only given to those individuals who can make more of it, right? So I didn't just use money to look rich. I used money for the sense of freedom, and that's mental freedom that I did it for. I'm, like, I'm, pu- I'm punching the air right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is too good, okay? Um, y'all, I know this is a lot, and th- I believe this is going to be two episodes. But, like, women... Like, virtuous women. Like, my community, y'all, we have to talk about this. Like, we have to talk about life insurance. We have to talk about, like, st- like start saving and, like, smart saving. So, even on this topic of, like, saving, like, she had to have that 10000 put up somewhere to start that policy. Like, it take money to make money. So, like, again, like, small things. Like, we, we all love Chick-fil-A. We all love eating out. But you don't need to eat out every day. 
Like, first of all, sis, cook for your family. Like, we, we virtuous women. I hear we striving to be virtuous women. Like, cook for your family. And if you're not cooking for your family, like, cook for yourself. Like, the little small things that we waste money on, like, start saving the money so you can do things like be able to put a lump sum of money towards your life insurance policy so you can pull money from it and do transactions that'll bring you in more money. You know what I'm saying? Like, thinking bigger. Thinking bigger, like y'all, this is too. And, and let's be real, people with money don't eat junk food either. So, period. You know, Talk you, about you it. You move different when you have money. And let's be also real, even more real. People with money don't show that they got money. So, again, Ooh. you know, my reality is different <laughs> than virtual reality. So, what I see on social media is not a sense of distracting to me because I took the time to understand true wealth and what that looks like. But understanding that, you know, a lot of times people show what they have because more than likely they're buying you and they're selling you. Right. So I think information is power. But the most important thing I ever learned was information with no actionable step is poverty. That's good. And let me touch on that real quick, because we all we live in this digital world. Right. And of course, like everybody looking good on social media to the point where like, the influencer is like bigger than a celebrity right now. And like, do you know what an influencer is? An influencer is someone who's getting paid for every time you look and scroll up on their page, they're basically selling you something. So when we think about like saving so we can make smart investments, it's like, you might have to like limit what you're looking at on social media. Like you might have to like limit your time on social media or being on there period, especially if your mindset isn't where it needs to be because you don't need everything. You don't need every outfit that drop. You don't need every Jordan that come out. Like, you don't need the latest bag. You don't need that $1,000 wig, sis. Nope. Like, take care of your natural hair. It's just like, it's the small steps that'll get us towards, like, our bigger picture. And when I tell you, this is just, this is blessing me. I don't know if it's, but listen, this is a blessing. I know it is. So we're we going to have to wrap it up. I don't want to take too much of our time, but real quick, we're going to talk about investing in real estate with other people's money. Absolutely. We, we need to talk about like the importance of investing in real estate. And I know that real estate is like a hot topic right now. Like it's all over Instagram. It's all over YouTube. Like it's a thing, but in, in real life, we all need to invest in real estate. And did you know that you can invest with other people's money? Like, talk about it, sis. So, I was one of those weird people that actually invested in real estate um, without, um, what I want to say, other people's money. And what I mean by that is I actually, my first deal was an FHA loan, which is a first-time home buyers program through the government. Um, and I used up the max units that you can get, which is a four-unit. And part of why I did that is because I didn't necessarily have the savings to get to bring in a 20% down payment. Um, and the reason I got the four is because I don't know about you guys, but I'd make a lot of decisions about why I do it. And then do I want to work if I do it, if that makes sense. Right. So I knew I didn't want to be the mortgage holder who had to be responsible to that mortgage by myself. Right. So anything I say, you're always going to hear is a shared system that I create. And what I did was I said, all right, well, I want to get into real estate because I just, you know, being a social worker is not making me money. And I went to business school. I know I'm supposed to have money. This is not the type of mentality I'm supposed to be in. So I got into real estate because I wanted mental freedom. I wanted to be able to work and do what I wanted to do without worrying about where my paycheck was coming from. I got my four unit through a financial institution, which is a private bank who did FHA loan. Now, fast forward maybe four and a half years, five years later, 
I am not the same person. I've probably took a lot of leverage and, and, and created a lot of different deals. But I want to say in 2020, I stepped out of my this, my comfort zone and actually started working with a hard money lender who I then built a beautiful relationship with because I wanted some deals. And in 2020, if anybody experienced a lot of lenders who were not only uncomfortable, but had a lot of delays and or timeline, it went from 60-day closing or 30-day closing to 120-day closing. So to eliminate all those delays, I went ahead and said, let me try to do a hard money loan because... If I had the hard money, purchase the property, refinancing only took 30 days. So I did the other, other, you know, other people money could be traditional lenders, investors and things like that. But I created a hard money relationship and that then allowed me to really say I use other people's money. So what we did in this situation was we saw a deal. We wanted the deal. It was going to take 120 days for the bank to finance it. Um, but also what was going to be important in this situation is where I think you guys should listen was if I went through the bank, I was going to have to come in with 25% down because it was not appraised because it still needed work, right? So I said, all right, well, I went to a hard money lender. They let me close in 10 days. They gave me based on future value, but I only took what I needed. And what I mean by that is the value of the property was going to be $600,000 and it was selling for three and I needed 60 grand. The organization was putting the rest in. Long story short, we, we went ahead and did the rehab before the hard money needed a refi. I had already talked to the banker who was willing to refi me out, went to the traditional lender and said, hey, I have this property, it's fully occupied now, we did the rehab, can we get a loan on this property? He said, okay, let's go ahead and start the process. It made sense, it was a good deal for them. The appraisal came back with 600K, I didn't have to bring any money from time we started the deal to the time we refinanced to where we're at today. No cash of my own personal money was brought to the deal because the hard money financed it. They allowed me to finance it to where I didn't have to bring any money in. They put it all into the transaction of closing costs. Um, and then when we refied, because that property has such a unique, beautiful amount of value to it, I didn't have to bring any down payment and we closed with no problem. Wow. <laughs> and that's just a result of like being on top of your game and like having the education behind whatever it is you're doing like being an expert in your field now let me remind y'all like I know that this is some high quality content right like we're not playing it small around here like we're not you know having low level conversations we're having conversations that are going to make you think and make you like step your game up. So in Proverbs, and we're going to touch on this, the Proverbs 31 woman, a virtuous woman, like she invested in real estate. And we're going to talk about that a lot on this podcast because like that's the direction that I'm going in. So like everything Ariam is saying, like I know it sounds like a lot, but y'all, you got to step your game up. Like first of all, Ariam, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. So real quick, like why do you think it's so important for like, everybody listening and every woman you know because we're just talking to the women right now why is it so important for us to invest in real estate as soon as we can and in any way we can even if it's starting off with a duplex like there's nothing wrong with starting off with a duplex at all like even if it's starting out with you know I know you talked about like a single family um that's not considered an asset when you know you live in it but just why is it why is it important for us to like 
make it our business to invest in real estate as soon as we can? Um, one of the things I like about real estate is that it has the ability to grow your wealth tremendously, depending on how you invest and how you buy, I should say. Um, but I think going back to the virtuous woman in Proverbs, it talks about the woman from her as an individual and not who she is based on who she marries, right? So I think the thing that women need to do is that you have to prepare yourself for the husband or your family just as much as you want your husband to be prepared as well. And I think for me, it's just as important as saying it's better to have two powerhouse versus one Come being on. a powerhouse and the other is a leecher, right? It's all over social media and that saying, but it's very important because I don't know how I would be as an individual if I was the only one in my household making the money for all of us to eat. Now, that's goofy, right? So in order for it to be a generational wealth, real estate is the quickest and fastest way to build it. But at the same time, I think two people in the same household having multiple units together is just as powerful. But in all reality, real estate, I could say for me, is that I'm in a space right now in my life as, as I'm transitioning to the next stage. I don't worry about where I'm going to sleep or what house I have because now I'm trying to figure out how to multiply real estate, but putting myself in position and saying, these are assets that I'm creating that now my future children could eat off of, right? My, my grandparents can, if they pass away, they don't have to worry because I have assets to protect them. Um, vice versa, my father, my mother, we're putting, I'm putting my family, I'm at that stage now in my life that I want to put my family in position that they don't have to worry because I don't wake up with worry. So that's the kind of methods that I think real estate creates is the freedom to be able to allow yourself to have the wealth. But like, for example, if you buy a property right now and it's worth, you know, you buy it for $50,000, but it's really worth $120,000 your net worth goes from having a day job to now adding the net worth of that real estate that that you have appraised in or that you have value in, right? Um, That real estate could also allow you to take money from it and buy in a business or allow yourself to create other opportunities so that you can build wealth. And I don't think a day job allows you to have that. So to me personally, real estate is a company that I operate out of, but more importantly, looking at real estate as a wealth building opportunity from an equity standpoint, I think is the important factor. Not just that you have real estate, that you actually have an asset that has wealth, that is allowing you to build wealth, I should say. Wow. Um, we're going to end on that note. Ariam, thank you so much for co-hosting the Faith is Fashionable podcast with me. Episode 18, Reconnecting Financially. Guys, this was so good. Like, I'm so full right now. Like, I hope, I know if you really took the time to listen to this episode or these episodes, I don't know if it's going to be a part one and a part two. This is going to bless your life. Like, we have to make smart financial decisions. Like, we have to make sure that our mindset is in a place where it's allowing us to make smart decisions financially. Like, we have to make sure we're making smart investments and being um, responsible, you know, with our finances, because like she said, it's all about, you know, generational wealth and having some security for your family and things to pass down to your children's and your, and your children's children. And also 
if you're not married, because I know we have moms and wives and we have single women on here, but just being in that mindset where you're preparing yourself uh, for the family you want. Like, this is just, this is so good. Um, I love y'all so much. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Faith is Fashionable podcast. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Faith is Fashionable. I will leave Ariam's all of her information in the show notes. Be sure to head over to Amazon and purchase her book, How to Take Your Financial Health Seriously. You can also search her under Ariam Cassette. All of the information would be in the show notes. I love y'all so much. I am so happy to be back. Like season two is starting off with a bang. Like God, I see what you're doing. Like, I'm so excited just for everything God is doing in our lives. Like, I love y'all so much, and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.